Welcome to Make That Paper, the show where we talk about all the crazy jobs we do to make the cash we need to pursue our artistic dreams. And for plywood and foam panels, because it seems like we always need a little more. Today, we are chatting about the babysitter biz, plus the secret shopper sitch. Then we'll head on down to the Department of Apartment Management. We are your hosts, Jamie Parker Stickle. And Jason Bieber. And today we're talking to an incredibly talented stage, screen, and voiceover actor. She dominates in the VO world and could be heard on campaigns for Caribbean Cruises and Coors Light, narrating your favorite audiobook. And in the video game space, she voices Kai Wenji in the hack and slash game Dynasty Warriors 9, along with so many of those games your kids download on your phone during your five-minute power nap. We are thrilled to be talking to her today. Please welcome to the show, the extraordinary Amber Faith. Yay! It's me. It's me. No, it's you. (laughs) I mean, it honestly, it was like a long time in the making um, getting Amber on the show because I wanted her on it sooner. And then summer happened and I realized, oh, we can't record over the summer. So thanks for saying yes a year ago and just yeah. wait out this summer. This summer I mean, all the things are worth the wait, right? Indeed. And this is the very best. This is the very best. We're yeah. so excited to have you here. And um, I think one of the things that I thought was really funny is your spin on, we've had actors come on with jobs before that are not dissimilar to your list of hustles. But I think you have some of the best stories with your hustles. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. okay. I'm one, of, I, I'm one of those people like bizarre things just constantly happen to me. Yeah. My, uh, my, what was it? My friend Becca nicknamed me Murphy for a while. And I was like, what's that about? She's like, Murphy's Law. Uh, yeah. yeah. Fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I wanted, I want to, I'm not sure. We might have to edit this part out, but there's a part that I really want to get to from your babysitting days. But before we yeah. get to babysitting days, let's talk about apartment management for one really quick. So I want to ask you this. We've mm-hmm. had guests on who do this. Mm-hmm. Some of them have to pay rent and some of them don't have to pay rent. So I do not have to pay any rent. They pay my rent of my one bedroom apartment and they also oh. give me a very small paycheck. Um, yeah, but I think I do a lot more work than those who just pay partial rent. Um, I'm responsible for all of the paperwork, all of the notices, cleaning the building, taking people to eviction court. Oh um, my God. Processing applications, like everything. Collecting all the rents, doing the deposits. Like I do everything for the building. It's a small building though. So- How many units? It's 18 units, which is smaller than the last building I managed um, when I had- Uh, someone else doing it with me but this one I do by myself and so it's it sometimes feels like a lot of work but it's one of those feast or famine things it's like for a week it's like non-stop constant and then the next week I'll have like hardly anything so in terms of how much I get paid versus the work I kind of feel like it's exactly worth it if it was slightly more work it would not be worth it yeah Um, and if it was less work I would probably be happy taking advantage of it <laughs> right right but it feels is, it feels about even so did you go from the previous place and this is the same owners and so you just moved no or no I, I sought out a new place because um our last place was kind of um over by Franklin Village which yeah. is mm-hmm. fine but um it was just getting kind of crazy and I'm so glad we left when we did because I was pregnant at the time that we moved. I was seven and a half months pregnant when we moved. Fun time Um, to move and get a new job. Yeah. I'm just like, hey, give me all these heavy boxes. Um, I'm I'm a giant lollipop. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, when I go back and I view the old neighborhood, it is very um, run down, I guess would be how I put it, kind of that specific area. So this place was kind of an upgrade and it was an upgrade in terms of how much I was getting paid because oh, the last great. place we just got partial rent as well. So to go to getting full rents and I have, I have raised ceilings here, which really, can you put a price on like no, 13 ex- foot ceilings? Except I when mean, you're building in an audio booth. It's nine feet just- tall. 
That's amazing. This yeah. business is nine feet tall. That's... So, and there's still four feet to the ceiling. That's the crazy part. It reminds me, well, you've always reminded me of like a, a classic, um, a classic actress, right? You know, like you have the bone structure and your skin coloring and your hair. Um, so just putting that mic in front of you, I can, you know, it's like watching one of those movies where they're in the So that's what changed show. for me <laughs> in COVID. Yeah. yeah. I was like, the idea, sorry, I went into like voiceover voice. The idea of actually getting up, putting on makeup, finding some sort of ridiculous outfit, yeah, driving to Ocean View in yeah. Santa Monica. Or what is, what is that? Yeah, one that's the one, Ocean View Studios, Ocean View. yeah. In Santa Monica, finding parking, going mm -hmm. in, waiting, and keeping in mind that, you know, at, before I would like have a two-year-old in tow. Yeah. So I'd be like, hey, strangers of Los Angeles, will you watch my child while I go in there? Right. <laughs> and, um, and then driving the hour and a half back, I'm like, I can't imagine doing that anymore. Yeah. Well, after COVID, I was like, that's it. I can't, it's, it's never yeah. happening for me again. So I just switched to, I mean, it, it had been a long time coming anyways, switching to basically just voiceover, but that kind of sealed the deal for me. I was like the idea of like all of that preparation to then go for two minutes and have a one in one million shot of getting a car ad i'm just like eh. well it's all changed now now i you know i had one yesterday didn't go anywhere just set up the whole studio right here in the is that how room. it is now jack is my director he works camera nice he jumps in and does improv with me but i would say Great. this some of them are still in person i don't do yeah. them um either anymore but um i but when jack was little I took him into the audition room with me. I never did left. you. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that that is why. Um, well, I had really bad postpartum panic disorder, which yeah, yeah, yeah. was undiagnosed for a long time. And then um, I couldn't leave him anywhere. Like I was terrified. Mm -hmm. Even driving with him terrified me. I was just afraid someone was going to hit us or something. Um, but I would just take him in the room with me. <laughs> it could have been my panic disorder, but it could have just been the fact that I was so you know, like nonchalant or blatantly bold to just bring my child in. And if he cried, I was like, oh, just a minute. He'll stop crying in one second. I mean, I just did not, just didn't. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't a big crier, but like there were moments where he was like, oh, I'll come be in it. You know, like just crying like a baby, like just wanting yeah. to pick me up. I even let the casting director hold him once mm -hmm. while they filmed my audition. And yeah. I was like, um, this is how it is. Like, listen, mother first. Yeah. Mother first. Mother first. But I have watched first. plenty of children for other moms when they've yeah. gone in. And I yeah. always like, well, this is why I don't book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, God bless us all. Right. You know, I do, I do remember like after, like as a, as a parent, when I would see other people, like you go up to them, you're like, Hey, I'm a parent too. Do you want me to watch your kid? Yeah. But occasionally there wouldn't be any. And so I'd be like, hey, sign in person. Can you make mm -hmm. sure nobody steals my baby? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <so> good. <laughs> but yeah, the best was, uh, this is a fantastic story. So when Cy was a baby, he booked a couple commercials. And then we took a break when he was going to preschool because I was like, be a kid. Yeah. And uh, so then when he was like, I want to say four they asked if he could do stuff again. And I was like, yeah, let's give it a try. See if he likes it. Maybe he'll like it. Maybe he'll love it. So now knowing that he's been diagnosed with ASD, autism spectrum disorder, what they used to call Asperger's, but it's now called high functioning autism with no cognitive delays. Um, the sense they made of, the name I, it just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Now, yeah. Right? So much easier. Um, but it was just like, uh, so with that comes a very, you're just very literal. And the sense of imaginative play is not like super on point. And so we went in and they were like, okay, so this is your grandpa and it's his birthday and we're going to sing and, did it, you know, and then you're going to blow out the candle and you're going to clap and they roll the camera and it's the sweet old man. And <laughs> my son literally looks at the dude. He goes, you're not my grandpa. It's not your birthday. <laughs> Like, and I was like, and I, was, I was like, well, that 
I was like, well, there's that experiment with acting for my son. I was like, all right, let's go get you some STEM toys. Yes, amazing. I, I do feel like Jack would have probably reacted the same way. Um, yeah. But because uh, he has, when people have, well, we did, we, our agents have asked us to submit pictures and stuff. And we I just like, don't. We just don't. I just, if you don't I want to, like, don't do it. Yeah. I do not want. No. Why would you want this life for your child? I don't want this life for my child. I want the free college. That's all I want. Mm. Mm-hmm. Look at there a different way. Yeah. Yeah. I just, we'll five, two, nine it. It's such a drag. Like, I love this business. Listen, I mean, I think anyone who's been here for over 10 years, like you're a lifer, like we've made it, you know, we are, Mm -hmm. as Jason said, cobbling together, um, a life as a, as an artist. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's amazing. Do I want him to have this fantasy that it, you know, this is an easy life? No. So I'm sort of like, I don't want people telling you how cute you are and how pretty you are and that you should be doing this at this age and get it into your head for the rest mm-hmm. of your life and then when it doesn't happen because you know it's 50 50 if it doesn't happen you know you to be depressed <laughs> yeah I don't want it and i think yeah. he i think he sees us there's no like imagination that it's like a glamorous life oh no <laughs> he didn't even want to get in front of the camera he's like no dad i'm a director i'll tell you what to do the yeah other day cool. and he's like, okay. he knew his place he's- He's like, I, I am, let's be honest, dad, I'm a boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to be directing. So you, you pull that thread, son. Yeah. I think Look that Holly behind you, Jason. <laughs> like, the hell? Yeah. Right. This is our house. There. Uh, she's Hi, less. Yeah. She's super not interested, no. but I think she appreciates the mellow tone of my voice. Yeah. I was thinking. Um, you know, in, in the theme of, of what this show is about, that maybe we yeah. uh, pivot. And I want to talk to you for a second. <laughs> talk about the topics? About, about yeah, I mean, just for the <laughs> listeners. You know, I mean, just for a minute. Yeah. For a second. Honor the sponsors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm into it. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate your willingness to go with this flow. Uh, I wanted to ask you, and, and kind of not pivoting because we've been talking about kids, but before you were taking care of your own kid, you were taking care of other kids. Other you were nannying. I was. I was. So in Chicago, I was a nanny for two different families. Uh, both of them, like basically from birth, like a couple weeks old wow. until they were um, two-ish, I want to say. Um, and then I would babysit other kids all around. Um, and I did the kids club cause I was in my early twenties. I did the kids club at the gym. Wow. Ah, um, nice. Yeah. So, so you worked... were, you were a lot of fun. The kids like yeah. loved, loved Amber, right? Yeah. You know, I was cool and fun. And, and it, the interesting thing is, is that like older girls tend to like me because I'm not easy to impress. And so they're always like, Oh, mm-hmm. this girl. Mm-hmm. She's, yeah. She's kind of a bee. I like it. Um, but yeah, so, but little boys, I've always, you know, had really good rapport with, and I, I, my sister started having kids when I was 11. So like, I've just been around babies my whole life. So it was kind of second nature, which is why, um, when you talk about, you know, your postpartum panic disorder, I almost had the opposite in the sense that I was so accustomed to children and I'd been around them so much that I was a little, maybe too relaxed at some points like when we did do the commercial shoot Cy was eight weeks old and they were like so we're just gonna walk around and they were doing like a just a a moving camera and they were walking through rooms and uh the child care person who was on set like his well-being nurse was like are you okay with everything that's happening I'm like yeah it's fine he doesn't know what's going on they're just passing him from person to person she's like how many kids do you have and I was like oh he's my first she's like you are the most relaxed first time mom I've ever seen on set I was like yeah you know oh yeah because my neighbors came over because I hadn't let anybody in the house I didn't want anyone near him for like four weeks yeah we were we were quarantined years before yeah and nobody diagnosed me like that's not normal so I wouldn't let anyone in the house finally our neighbor busted through the door like they all three women like Elsie Janie 
Eva was there and they just busted through the door. They, they've all had kids, obviously. Mm -hmm. She's um, a grandma and they busted through the door and then I was holding him and she, she just snatched him from my hands. She was like, no, go. And I yeah. was like, I just, I was paralyzed. I was yeah. paralyzed. Like, give me back my baby. Like it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine how terrifying that was in retrospect. Um, but yes, to go back on topic, I was, yeah. <laughs> I was a nanny. I was a nanny for, uh, two different families and, um, it was quite an experience. I ended up, uh, moving in with one of them. Um, oh. yes. And oh, so then full-time, full-time for that at that point. Yes. Yeah. And then the other one, I was pretty part-time. It was just like one or two days a week. So I was doing that them at the same time. And then I moved more to just that one. Okay. Um, which I think it was like 30 hours a week. And then I had like other, I would do like nightclub promotions at night and you know, whatever you, you got to do. Were you acting at this time? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did. I was, I was mostly doing stage and then, um, actually did, uh, quite a, there in, in Chicago, there's a lot of commercial print yeah. and I have a very friendly face. Yeah. You do. So I would do, yeah, <laughs> I would do a lot of like commercial print stuff at that time. And, but yeah, I did, um, I did some musicals in Chicago, nothing like nothing fantastic, but it was always, did you do really... the fantastics? I did not do the fantastics. I did the fantastics in college. In oh, no. yeah. Well, you know, whatever. That's I mean, okay. I mean, I paid for, I paid for my college by doing show choir. So that's awesome. There's well, yeah. Which That's I don't know. Awesome. If, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever seen me dance. It was not great. It was. It was not great. I no. yeah. think we went to one wedding together, That's and I it. believe it was in the town from Footloose, and no right. dancing was, was no allowed. Dancing allowed. Right. No dancing allowed. Yeah. That was a that was a interesting experience that wedding. Uh, but I digress. <clears throat> yes. So um, yeah, I was a nanny for both of them for. A couple of years when I lived in Chicago, and I was only in Chicago for maybe two, two and a half years. So oh, okay. the bulk, the bulk of my time there, um, which is interesting because my family is originally from outside of Chicago. Mm -hmm. So I had, I guess, in my mind, moved back, even though I'd spent the past ten years in Kansas. So, so oh. you, so <clears throat> at some point you decided to to move to LA with your acting. Did acting inspire the move? Um, I think it was, that was a little bit that I think it was mostly just, um, with the person that I was with wanted to move. And so we moved cross country together. Um, mm -hmm. cause I was just like, okay, yeah, let's do this. And I'm always up for an adventure. And I was like, yeah, why not? Um, let's try it. And I'm, gl I'm glad I did, you know, now, I mean, I think I, I really didn't like it here the first two years because people yeah. can be a bit weird, especially when you're coming from the Midwest. It's, Who, it's us? quite an adjustment. <laughs> it's a bit of an adjustment, but, um, you know, in retrospect, I'm glad I was up for the adventure because it has allowed for a fun career and an exciting life. Yeah. And you're still here. I am. You didn't leave. I mean, I didn't. It's been the biggest quite a long for, time. Yeah. The big thing for me after my first year here is that most of the actors I had met were gone. So they already like, left. I moved from, yeah, I'd moved from Detroit. I was 23 and I moved from Detroit out here, 22. And um, I didn't know anybody. And finally, like getting involved in programs, acting classes and stuff, like, you know, you meet people and then their, their resources for paying their rent in a very expensive town and acting classes and working instead of going on auditions was, futile so they'd leave and all of a sudden you'd have to make a new crop of friends and eventually I just got exhausted from doing it that I was like mm -hmm. I don't want to meet any more new people I'm mm -hmm. just gonna put my head down and audition and work it I think it's yeah. hard it's a hard I think time. it's helpful actually it helps us maintain a certain level of shallowness that it's required in order to su succeed of here of course yeah, yeah. never yeah. never get attached you know yeah. <laughs> Having well, having emotional depth is not allowed here. Yeah, it's well, it's not beneficial to anybody. It's not beneficial. So when you so, got here, though, did you end up finding families to nanny? Did you join one of those services? Because we have a lot of services here that. Yeah. No. Um. So it did. My 
my nanny gig in Chicago when I left did not end well. Oh, so I decided, shit. yeah, I decided. What happened? That, oh yeah, I can tell you the story. Yeah. I decided when I moved here. Yeah, whatever. I don't, you know, that lady. Um, I just won't say her name. Okay. Um, but when I d- moved here, I, t- I told uh, my mother, I was like, I'm the next child I'm going to take care of is going to be my own. Like I'm, I'm yeah. done with it. Um, so yeah, so I was living with the family and, um, she was kind of crazy, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, I won't get into like her coping mechanisms, but they weren't healthy. And so she had this like weird thing where it was like, we were really close, like almost too close. And so one day we dropped her off. Like, I think I drove her car and dropped her off at work. And then I came back with the baby and I was like, huh, like, where's my phone? That's weird. Can't find my phone. Well, then she comes like rip roaring in. Now, keeping in mind. She came back to the house, back to the house. She took an Uber back to the house. Okay. Keeping in mind, this is a couple of weeks before I'm supposed to leave to move to Los Angeles. And so I've told her that I'm leaving. So in retrospect, my Mm -hmm. amateur psychologist believes that this was her way of making it easier to say goodbye because it was easier for her to hate me than Mm -hmm. it was for her to um, say goodbye to me. She comes rip roaring back in through the front door and chucks my phone at me. And she's like the beep I have to put up with. And so it turns out she stole my phone in the car. And went through, went through my text messages because I think this was before passcodes. <laughs> went through my te- or maybe I just didn't have one. Um, went through my text messages. I didn't know what she was talking about when she said this to me because she had gone back six months oh my worth of text messages through me with me and my boyfriend, and <sighs> it was it was this text message, and it simply said, "I can't believe." the BS I have to do for this job. Now, I didn't remember even like writing that text. And so we get into like this huge fight. Like, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I was like, what is going on here? And she like, she like grabbed the baby out of my arms and blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, you can get your stuff and get out of here. And I was like, oh, fun. Um, and so I was just like, I didn't understand what was going on. So we talked it through and I was whatever. And then later on, I go back and I look, this is the ironic part. I wasn't talking about her job. I was talking about, I was a Coors Light promo girl and I was in a silver bullet dress, which is not super insulated. And it was (laughs) the midst of a Chicago winter. And they had Uh. me standing out on the street being like, come on in and try Coors Light. Right, right. And uh, I was like super like pissed off about that because it was freezing and it was just like not cool. And so that was the ironic thing. I wasn't even talking about her job. Right. And, um, but yeah, so after that experience, I just decided to go ahead and um, once she found a new person, a new nanny, I was supposed to train them. And I was like, I'm gonna go ahead and leave. And I took all my stuff and I moved out uh, two weeks ahead of when I was supposed to, just because I was like, I don't know what this crazy woman's going to do. So that were was salaried or were you paid weekly or how did, how did that work? I think I re- it was so long ago. I'm trying under to under the table sure that she paid you. It was maybe under the table. Um, it was definitely, I think, I think it was hourly, but we had an agreed upon amount of minimum yeah. hours. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> so, yeah. And- I just want to talk about that Coors Light job for a second. Like I did uh-huh. those jobs too. Uh-huh. And um, I used to, when I was young, my um, acting agent would book me on those gigs. Yeah. My first agent. For real? Here, yeah. My first agent out oh here gosh. in Los Angeles. It was warmer. It was warmer yeah. because it was in Los Angeles, but not yeah. as warm as it is these days. But um, our evening still got chilly, but still... I was like, I, I really would like to audition for shows. Like, yeah, this is stuff I would have done back home or in college. Live modeling. Through like, yeah. Which there were agencies that did that. They said it in Michigan, you signed with a bunch of different agencies. Yeah. You weren't yeah. with one. And they said like, oh, like I played a Bond girl for this like airline thing. And like, uh-huh. you know, yeah. <clears throat> all sorts of fun gigs, stuff like but that. They, they tell you like, this is this. 
when I got to LA, I didn't expect to be doing that kind of thing. I thought I'd be mm-hmm. going on auditions and she just kept pu- putting me in these. I can't imagine weird... paying a percentage of doing that job. I think that she, we didn't pay it out of our check. Like she got it from, they the got companies. it on top. Mm-hmm. Booking fee. A booking fee. Exactly. Yeah. But it was, it was weird. Now, you know what? I do have to say, hmm. I did complain about that one day, but for the most part, I absolutely loved that job. It was really? so much fun. I It was my job as I was like a 23-year-old girl and I would just walk in and be like, hey, would you like a free beer? And they'd be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd love a free beer. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, here you go. And then we would go around and everyone that we, everyone that was like our supervisors were so nice, so chill. They gave us great pay. They gave us great outfits. I mean, come on, silver bullet dresses. Um, I wish I had taken way more pictures. You know, in retrospect and anybody listening, it doesn't matter what you look like. If you're wearing a freaking cool outfit, doesn't matter what your body looks like. Take a picture because in 10 to 20 years, you're going to want to see it. Right. Um, (laughs) And by the way, your body looks way better than you think it does. Oh, I just said that the other day. Like if you're 20 some in your 20s, who was I saying this to? Oh, I remember. I was like, everybody in their 20s should be walking around half naked, naked. Yeah. I don't give a crap. Like, just love yourself at 20 because yeah. even in your 40s, like, go for it. But, like, in your 20s, yeah, like, you have baby skin. It doesn't matter how much weight you're carrying. Gravity hasn't gotten a hold of it. So yeah. you can be heavier. You can be skinnier. Yeah. Like, you look good. Yeah. Everyone should know that. Yeah. I, but I did. I loved that. I loved that job. And especially the best days. As a redhead yeah. in Chicago on St. Patrick's Day, oh my uh, God, no. a, a bus came and picked me up at 5 a.m. in my silver dress. And I would literally get bussed from every Irish pub on like the south side to the north side. My favorite was Casey's. In case oh, it was, a, wondering. it was a no effort bar crawl. Yeah. Oh, I would, I would walk in, but it was amazing because you get there at 6 a.m. and you would see a line, 6 a.m., like a line around the corner for people ready to party. And then I remember one time at nine o'clock a.m., it's Chicago. So people, people don't give a, you know, and so at 9 a.m., I was calling 911. I was like, hey, um, a man on the street, uh, Lower Wacker Drive, he just fell and hit his head and he's uh, bleeding profusely. So we're going to need an ambulance. And oh it was it was nine. It was something like 9, 13 a.m. And I was like, yep, mm. this is where we are. It's St. Patrick's Day in Chicago. A new record. <laughs> it was fantastic. But I would just get mobbed on those days. But I loved it. It was it was great. Just That's handing awesome. out necklaces and free beer. Let me ask you a question. When you got years later, when you're doing voiceover and you got to do the Coors Light campaign. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to say that too. Was there like, were they aware? Did you enjoy that art? They did not know that. Um, I just, I said to myself, I said, you know, you know, I know some people don't like Pete Coors because of his politics, but Pete Coors has funded a a large portion of my, my uh, living in in the past like 10 years like my paycheck has come quite a bit from Coors so I feel like you're very a, thankful you, you have a third chapter coming maybe hey if you're if you're out there listening Coors Pete, I definitely work with you again hey Pete tune in mm-hmm. and uh book Amber she's <laughs> yeah. ready for number three I am always I think, I think I think you could come in as an executive at this point right yeah why not maybe maybe we'll bring in Jack as a director he's available he's very good um but I love that he doesn't want to be in front of the camera. Like he loves just telling people what to do. Yeah. So is my son. Maybe it's a seven year old thing. Yeah. It could be. How long after <laughs> you came to LA did, did you and I meet? I don't know. It would have been Ollie's- I'm very, very, very bad with um, time frames. Amber and, and I, Amber has, uh, Amber and I have, have, have done two projects together, both of which, uh, she has uh, uh, rejected me. Yep. Uh, it's kind of our, mm-hmm. our vibe. And and I might add, in both of which, uh, your body slash chest hair was heavily featured. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Although I, I should say that only in one of those was it intentional. And the mm. other, the chest hair kind of- It was just um, sprouting. Made its own way onto just camera. Just doing its yeah. thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, re- I remember people- always wanted to feature that of jason there's another like music video he did for a comedian 
and your yeah. chest hair was in like I can't remember if you were in a unitard. Mid middle aged Jew love. Is that yes, the one? that was it. But I'll nice. never forget we were pregnant and we had a your friend was pregnant at the same time. His wife was pregnant at the same time, and they came over. And I think you had a V neck on, and she freaked out, and like they had to leave shortly after because she was so disgusted by your chest hair. Do you remember that? It is. It is intense chest hair. I will uh, say. Uh, it doesn't uh, bother thank, me. It doesn't thank, gross me out. But thank you. You know, it's I don't, plentiful. I don't remember ever uh, disgusting anybody, but thank you for bringing that up. And I'll have to write them <laughs> an apology note, I suppose. Yeah. I just thought it was really funny, like how, what a visceral reaction she had to seeing Some people it. really don't like body hair. Yeah. Some people are really weird about it. Like she was, Yeah. I mean- and her husband's like probably hairless and slimy. I don't want to know, but you're gonna to have to remind me because I don't remember <laughs> this. Slimy. Oh, I love yeah. that. No, no one everyone loves a good oiled up husband. Who do you mm. think I think is slimy of your friends? Most of them. Oh god, Jason. Well, that's true. <laughs> All of them from college. Um, but he was from college. He was one from college. All right. Well, this is going to be a fun game for me. <laughs> yes. Um, not listening or to is. answer your question, I have no idea. I'm going to guess 2007, 2008. Sounds right-ish. Right? Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Did you meet at Ollie's place or did you meet before Ollie's place? You and I met on Ollie's, I think. Yeah, and we met on was, Ollie's. So that would have been 2010-ish because you and I had just broken up. Um, and we started dating in 2009. Okay, 2010. I'm going to trust anyone but me when it comes to timelines because I'm the worst. I'm okay. Really good. Yeah, I'm very bad. Very bad. I'm glad we put you together. Yeah, yeah. I This morning I um, asked uh, Alexa how many days were until my son's birthday. And then I realized that I'd said the wrong date. My only child. I constantly <laughs> forget his birthday. <laughs> Was it another so, important date or did you just make up a random date? It was just the day before it's the, I, uh, I trans the day is six. The year is 15. So it's like yeah, we the do that six too. and the five get yeah. kind of mixed you did, up. You did the fifth of this of 2016. Yeah. yeah. We did. Oh. I do that with Jack all the time. For some reason, 2015 just is a weird date. for It's me. an even number too. It's like, how do we forget that? It's weird. It's just weird. Ah, um, I'm trying not to overthink it. I want to know. We've had a lot of cater waiters on here and mm -hmm. cater waiters always have the best stories or waiters. Like everybody has met famous people in this industry oh, when they're waiting tables or catering for an event. Yeah. And it's yeah. always, always not pleasant. It's not. Oh gosh. But you've uh, had no. a pleasant experience. Yeah. I don't know specifically which one I had. I've had many pleasant experiences. Remind me, is there a specific one that I mentioned? Yes. It's the mm -hmm. one. Somebody, once a groom at a wedding tried to get me to go home. Oh, that was not. I love that you call that a pleasant experience. <laughs> no, I didn't call that a pleasant experience. Uh, that was an interesting experience. Yeah, no. Um, so I worked in catering. It was, it was almost like a career. Um, I could have made it a career because I did even like catering management. Like I would run like 700 person events and things like that. Ooh, okay. Let's yeah. be clear. But I. Amber has a pattern here that she's always in charge. Yes. Mm -hmm. she's, a she's a boss. It's possible. Um, but I would also do like small parties and the company that I worked for, we did tons of celebrities and very seldom did I have a bad experience. And maybe it was just because the particular company that I worked for was like ethical farming um, sustainable and more expensive because of that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the service was, good but it wasn't incredibly formal um it was somewhere in between so the celebrities that i ran into were always fantastic um the best was uh i, I mean i can't say names but there was a small woody harrelson <laughs> small petite blonde actress uh. who was we were doing a birthday party for another celebrity and so there was tons of celebrities there but the small petite blonde actress was sitting on the kitchen counter and I constantly had to like ask her to move and she would just like lift up her butt so I could reach in and grab a tray and I was like this is a thing it's a weird and place just, to keep everybody the was very nice under her butt you yeah. know they keep it it keeps them warm keeps them nice and warm 
it's it's that thing where it's like um i'm just jenny from the block like she's yeah. just being jenny from the block she was it jenny from the block he no. was is That's jenny fun. from the block a small petite blonde woman yeah <laughs> I know exactly um, what she's talking about yeah yeah all of like honestly i've i've had nothing but great interactions that's with right. celebrities with the exception of one talk talk show host um who you would kind of think would be kind of a a jerk and and he was so yeah. it was just like okay you know does can't he wear win a all. mustache Is, no yeah but okay. it is but it's, it is a boomer white male right mm -hmm. of course it is yeah. that's how they yeah. were for the longest time. yeah well you'd be surprised this guy's not uh he's not a conservative um but the that that was definitely one of the most interesting experiences was I was doing a wedding. It was at uh, this venue in Culver City. It was this very big, lavish wedding and um, probably cost, I don't know, $140,000. And the bride and the groom danced and whatever. And I was in charge of the dessert station and the groom kept like coming up and like talking to me or whatever. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And keeping in mind, when we're working these weddings, we're not looking super attractive. We have on all black and an apron. Mm -hmm. And um, utilitarian. Yeah. Mary, they want to yeah, hide that you're a human yeah. being. Yeah. And so I'm just like attending the dessert station, whatever. And then drinks keep happening, more drinks, more drinks. And then the bride leaves at the end of the evening to go to uh, after a lot of weddings the they'll do like an after party yeah. so they had they had like a nearby bar that they were so she was going there first and then everybody was going to come meet so this is like the end of the night and everybody's like getting the stuff together to leave and the groom came up to me and was like drunk at this point but tried to take me home and I was like didn't you just get married isn't your uh, wife of four hours waiting for you at a bar like two blocks away? And he was like, well, we can forget about that. And I was like, I'm gonna, that's going to be a hard pass for me, friend. Hard pass. But uh, thanks for the offer. This is going to be a great story to tell on a podcast in seven to eight years. You start to form, this is, the, that was your work environment. Four hours you felt he knew you and he wanted to take you home. But there is a thing that happens when people go to work where they call them their like work husbands or work wives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I see so many people misidentify that relationship as the one they are supposed to be in. Or like, you know, mm. I, it's wild watching people cheat and they don't, I don't, I don't know. It's, it happens a lot. I think this thing where we, we work from home now is a, is more from home or flexi is probably better because then you don't have to have the work spouse. You have your actual spouse. Yeah. I had a, I had a, a work husband, um, and his, we did not ever cheat, but, um, he and I worked on a food truck together and everybody always assumed that we were husband and wife. And I yeah. would just be like, nah, it's too short for me. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm not really <laughs> close to the people I work with, but I'm very like, it surprised me if anybody called me anything but asexual because I mm. like keep such complete boundaries and neutrality. Well, that's but. the thing is like, we always, me and the work husband, we always had, we were very close. We still are. We still are very close friends. Yeah. I see him and we talk all the time, yeah. but um, always had good boundaries. I've always yeah. had See, always I always that. thought I was your work husband, but then I realized I was actually your work ex. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're my work, you know. Reject. Yeah. My, your work reject. Yeah. 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 That is so funny that and everything that was, the, you know what I will say of all the times I've been on set, that was one of the most pleasant surprises when I walked yeah. on set and I was like, Hey, and he's hey. like, I'm going to, I'm going to be your date. And I was like, that's so great. <laughs> that was a, that was a really, who was that? The director was, uh, I was just chatting with him. Pete, oh, Chat, Pete Chatman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. That, that was, was a fun shoot. Harmony commercial. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Yeah. That was so yep. good. Yeah. So yep. It's been on my shoot. reel until like recently. You know what? Actually, you have to send it to me because I can't find it anymore. Oh, and, I've got it. Um, I need to. I wanted to show it to someone the other day. I've got it. I'll send it to you. Uh, yeah. But now, what I think is so interesting is that at some point, and I think was it pre-COVID, 
was that when you had your son, you stopped doing those side hustles and your voiceover career has become full time. Like you are making a living as a voiceover actor, which is for the most part. I, yeah. So I still do the apartment managing, but you know, life is expensive. Um, especially in Los Angeles, but I do make, um, most of my money now doing voiceover. And it's, it's interesting because you were like, should we plug any upcoming stuff? And I'm like, the truth is, is that I think I'm one of the last remaining like journeyman actors. Like I just make a living at it. And a lot of the stuff that I do is, um, I don't even ever see it because I do a lot of overseas stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it kind of started, I started, so I was a personal assistant to someone and, um, one day we were supposed to do a voiceover thing for the short film and the voiceover actor just didn't show up. And so he's like, you do it. And I was like, all right. So I did it. And he's like, you know, you're actually really good at that. You should like look into doing that. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was already an actor. And so I was like, yeah, I'll give it a try. And then it just sort of morphed. I did like this horrible, which is still one of my favorite things, this horrible like ambulance chasing uh, law firm commercial where it was like this woman looking out the, she's like, bye honey, bye little sweet baby boy. And then she's just doing the dishes and she looks and she, you hear this horrible like screech crash and she just looks up and looks out the window. And it's just me like, they were just going around the corner. it was the best it was the best so I did like a couple things like that but then um when I was pregnant probably one of the last things I did uh where I got an audition for myself instead of through my agent um I auditioned for this like dubbing studio that was like up and coming and um I don't know I just I did that and then kept doing it and then got better at it and then was really experienced at it. And then through that studio, I started working at other voiceover dubbing studios. So it's like for all the different streaming services where you just click on English for, Mm -hmm. you know, like I didn't do Money Heist, but like, you know, that was a more famous one where um, they dubbed it into English and like re-released it here. Um, And then I started eventually doing cartoons and I do a lot of, so I do dubbed cartoons and then I started doing some original cartoons that are for overseas. I have done a couple of um, smaller parts in cartoons that are like American originals, like on Netflix and things like that. Um, But just word of mouth, um, people recommend me because I think I'm easy to work with and um, I'm fast. (laughs) So for, for the dubbing world, that's kind of an important thing. So um, that's sort of how I've gotten most of my work and it's just steadily been more and more and more. And I feel really lucky and really blessed to be doing that stuff. I do enjoy the cartoons a lot, but it's nice to do a variety of different things. So I enjoy doing that. I enjoy doing the course commercials. I've done, you know, the little cute little games on your phone. I've done like a million of those, which I can never find like, that's the oh, interesting. They're, they're all can, on Jamie's phone. Yeah. yeah. yeah my, my son downloads yeah. everything onto my phone. I don't even know that he's done it. And I'm like, geez, he does mm-hmm. ask if, if it says that there's pay. So I'm proud of him. Cause I'm always like, no, he has to be. Yeah. Paid. Yeah. I have a, I have a, uh, passcode and my son cracked it yeah. he yeah, like he, he, he watched me yeah. yeah yeah but I told I tell him the same thing like you can't you have to ask me if it's if it's for money yeah but um yeah I do a lot of those and then um done a couple of video games so it's just you know it was just like this gradual increase of just more working and then during the pandemic um I was one of the few people that just kind of kept working at my studio it's fantastic. I have it for the rest of my life. So technically we're part of the television, um, industry. Mm -hmm. And so I had this great letter from one of the studios I worked with the most that was basically like, if a cop stops you and asks why you're out, you have the, you have papers, you have papers (laughs) to prove why you can be out on the street. You're an essential worker. It says, uh, uh, Amber faith is an essential worker in the television industry. (laughs) (laughs) under and is exempt from the whatever stay-at-home order under whatever code 
and it, it's fantastic and signed by them. I'm like, I'm keeping this forever. Like you literally had to have papers to go to mm-hmm. work. That's crazy. Yep. In case somebody, no one ever stopped me, but you know, yeah. I got to tell you, those were, those were my favorite days. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really, I really like when it was like, no, I may not leave. So I'm not going not to, yeah, I'm like, I'm good with this. Yeah. Everyone it was only like, whenever, when everyone started going out and I was, we were still home. I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, now I feel like it's everyone... your bed now. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm missing something. Yeah. My mom was like, are you worried at all? And I was like, well, I, um, I show up and they've sanitized a small padded room for me and I have no coworkers. So not too concerned. Yeah. <laughs> I want to ask you something about that and about recording from home and it's about Uh like i know we just keep coming back to kids but i think we have that in common and we have to Uh how does it work because uh you know like when you're when you're recording at home like like right now what what, Mm -hmm. or science school right now science at school okay do you so do you just either record when he's at school or at night is that just your schedule or do you like have him for the most for the most part um there are times when i will get like a same day audition things like that or believe it or not like weirdly some of the overseas stuff especially for dubbing mm-hmm. will um they have these super tight deadlines so if there's they're like hey we're missing a line can you just record it from your home studio? And they'll send me the link with the video and everything. And so I'll record a couple. So if I do that, so my booth is on the far Southwest side of my apartment and his room is on the far Northeast side of the apartment. So I just say, Hey, can you go in your room, close the door, put on your headphones and watch something for 10 to 20 minutes. Um, but I will say that there has definitely been a few times it is the creepiest thing in the entire world where I'm recording an audition and I come out of here and I open the door and he's just like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, were you listening to me? He's like, yeah, I was listening to you. You were making funny voices. And I was like, yeah, that's my job, dude. <laughs> but he'll like, he'll like creep up and like silently listen but the booth now especially is so soundproof that i don't even like hear him uh. <laughs> so maybe i do need that window right <laughs> well, that's creep. what the window is for see my little creeper I but yeah um, carve a window in that you know what yeah. cheaper than a window is just throw up a couple cameras around the apartment i do i do have a camera in his room and sometimes i pull it up but it's usually so quick but yeah. for the most part for the most part i try to just record whenever he's gone Mm-hmm. And luckily he's, my son is at the best school in the entire world. So um, they have an after school program that I really trust. So on days that nice. I need to record, I can leave him there up until six o'clock. Oh, wow. And then That's great. he goes to bed, you know, fairly early. So if I need to record in the evenings or early in the morning, I can do that as well. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I try and do that, but I'm such, I'm shit after eight o'clock. I just don't, I As a general rule, so am I. So what I do is if I have like a significant amount to record, I'll wake up at like three in the morning and do it then if it's something that's due. Because a lot of, so a lot of voiceover auditions, I don't know about other people, their experience. My agent is fantastic. I love her, by the way. But um, I get my auditions kind of towards the end of the day or in the evening and they're due usually around 9 a.m., sometimes later. So if I think it's going to take me longer than I drop off my son between 8 and 8.30. And if I think it's going to take me longer than a few minutes to do the audition or I get a couple of auditions, I'll wake up and I'll record at like 5 before he wakes up. And then save the editing for after I've dropped him off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I've 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 been known with the time change for sure because there's a significant time change with like here in Dubai. I'll be like, yeah. if you guys want, like I'll work at three o'clock in the morning. That's fine. Like time is just relative. So just sleep in the afternoon or whatever. So I I've been known to do that. And then you know, same thing with like working. I sometimes work a lot with um, places in like Korean clients and things like that. So it's kind of all over the map in terms of like when I record. Yeah. But how much of uh, professional recording are you doing in your, in your home studio versus going to like, I know you do all your auditions there. 
and some one-liners if they need them, but mm -hmm. how often are you going to an actual studio or are they trusting you now to record the actual work from where you're at? So I, just because of my preference, mm -hmm. because I like to get out of the house because, yeah. you know. Um, oh, I do now too. Because I'm here. teaching outside yeah. of the house now. Yeah, because I'm like, I'm here with my kid all the time. All the so, time. yeah. So I'm just like, I prefer to go to the studio. And also it it is nice to have the director and not to have, you know, it's interesting because we as actors are now expected to be our own studio engineers and yep. editors yeah. and things that aren't really conducive to right brain thinking people. So sometimes it's really nice to not have to deal with like my levels and the gain and how many decibels of quiet you have and blah, blah, blah. And also they have air conditioning, which is pretty great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cause yeah. if I turn on my fan, it's, I don't know if you can hear it. Sounds. Oh, yeah. 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 I had to turn so my that's... fan off too for this and was like, oh, yeah. Okay, so it's just off. like, um, so I prefer to go in studio. I could probably could do more from here, but then there are like, there are platforms that I work on, um, both dubbing and original content and some private clients that I work with overseas where it's, it's not an option. I have to record from home. Got it. So okay. I would say probably 80% of my work is still in studio, which is my preference, but 20% uh, is now in my home studio. And it, it's nice now that I have the proper setup. That's a really, that's a, that's a nice balance. It is a right? nice balance. I was yeah, it is. That's great. That's, yeah. that's like, like, like in corporate America, that's what they're offering people is four days at the office and one day at yeah. home. Yeah. Yeah. It's just or like every, every 10 sessions, two of them are from home. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, because we've been on, we've taken up a lot of your time and I, 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 before we take too much of it, I don't want to miss out on this one other job you, you talked about uh, having that you ran, not just did, oh, but yeah. ran boss lady, yes. boss hashtag, lady. hashtag boss lady, hashtag boss lady, a secret shopper business. I love that. I was that was that in Chicago? Was that here? That was here. What that was that here. Was, tell us yeah. all about this. Okay, so it was a very interesting job. It never paid amazingly well, but the benefits were great because you got to eat and drink for free. Um, but so I started out as just a shopper, and then eventually more and more, 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 ended up running the company. Uh, well, not the owner, did you but get like this I was. Job off Craigslist. I did for sure. Which is like, you know, 90% of the secret shopper things on uh, Craigslist is a scam, but this one was real. <laughs> and uh, okay. so we worked, we worked with bars and restaurants only. And because I had bar and restaurant experience, mm -hmm. um, it was, was one that, girl. yeah, well, and I also catering yeah. um, <laughs> and I worked in restaurants too, but um, so we would go to bars and sit at the bar and watch for they had us go for a variety of reasons. Sometimes it was theft, which was, you know, interesting. And I actually got really good at that. I know every way to steal from a bar. <laughs> and um, sometimes it was uh, recipe inconsistencies or overpouring, um, sometimes on purpose. Sometimes it was just like the girl was 21 and so cute, but had never poured a drink before in her life. And she was just like, here you go, eight ounces of tequila and oh, one God. splash of soda. <laughs> And so they would go, they would go back and like retrain people after I would get the reports. And then sometimes it was like terrible customer service. Mm. Um, and then sometimes it was like food consistency, you know? Uh, so I would go into these places. I'd stay for like an hour and a half to two hours, go back, write a report. And then I started reviewing other people's reports. And then I started scheduling people. And then eventually I was just doing all the things and then I sort of passed that off to someone else after a while because it was a great job, but um, it just wasn't quite consistent enough. But there was one time that I got to go to Palm Springs and secret shop an entire resort. Oh, dude, it was amazing. I was there for five days, five ah, days. Okay. And it was everything like customer service from like the front desk uh, the room cleanliness, the, the room service. I went to every single bar and restaurant in the entire place and, um, the poolside service, which was pretty, pretty can rad. Say, can you say which resort or is that? I can't. Okay. All right. It starts with an R. Mm. Um, but, uh, it was a really nice one. Mm -hmm. You know it. 
I know it. You know it. Um, it's so great. And it was so fantastic. But and then I uh, I went to every single bar and restaurant there and all of the things. And it was so much fun. Did I had the they, best time. Did they give you the money in advance of doing that? Or did you? No. And so that was one of so yeah. that was one of the issues was that you were out for six weeks, the money. Uh -huh. So like the room was comped, mm -hmm. you know. So when I got there, I didn't have to pay for the, like the room ended up getting comped, like whatever. Yeah. Um, but all of those bars and restaurants, you would spend your own money and then get reimbursed. Now wow, I'm very, okay. I have always been very good with money. So it was never like a huge issue for me. Cause I, I was never like paycheck to paycheck. Right. Um, I always had some money to float, but for some people they would end up quitting doing it because they were floating too much money to work consistently. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, the pay wasn't that great for the amount of work they were doing, to be honest. But the perks were just, it was just a really fun, interesting job. And I did end up getting on the list for a lot of uh, clubs and stuff in Hollywood that I never would have been able to get into otherwise. <laughs> it was like me at like places I can't say, but like basements, um, bars that don't exist anymore where it was like a bunch of celebrities and there was like tw the max 20 people in the room so it was it was really it was pretty it was a pretty fun interesting and rad job I I did enjoy it that's cool nice. and that was super cool I don't think I'd have been ever felt confident enough to do that job in terms of how cool I am if it was me and 20 celebrities in a room I'd be like they probably oh. are wondering why I'm here Mm. why is she here and I totally well, blow that's it. that's the whole thing about being the only unknown in a room full of celebrities everyone wants to know they know about everyone else you're right. the one who's intriguing the key is to not dress too fancy right because yeah. people with money dress fancy people with real money they wear don't. a t-shirt mm -hmm. and a pair of levi's mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, guys we're gonna have to hang up this episode because i need names and Amber's not going to say them on the air. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a running list of like oh, things I need to verify. Yeah. This was so good. Yeah. You're so funny. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being on the show. Here. Yeah. Thank, one, for making time because I know how busy you are. Two, yeah. I'm just delighted to see you because I've always been a fan. Like, you know, we've had only limited amounts of um, hangouts and it's always with a large group of our mutual friends so I, I never get to like just have her all to myself and, three, and you still don't because was I'm it here. was it everything you dreamed it would be it was everything and more and now I'm not done I want more um but I know how busy you are because I also have a seven-year-old and like it's mm -hmm. you know getting work done taking time out to do someone's podcast getting back to work before you have to go to the school and pick that child up it's mm -hmm. a lot and I just it really is. appreciate you saying yes and showing up for us thank you happy You're to be awesome. here yeah, thank you so much for having me. Why is Bieber not saying anything? Oh, well, because I already said it, and I'm trying to find like an ending point where it, sometimes when we end episodes, and like, in and, conclusion, yes. oh god, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> Would you like me to narrate us out? Yes, that would oh, be an amazing. Amber's going to narrate yeah. us out. Let's do that. And then the three of them looked at each other, and they realized that although it had been fun, their time was coming to an end. So they briefly nodded, picked up their fingers, and placed it on the red leaf button to speak again at another time. She showed on Monday, made love on Tuesday, on Wednesday she was there. We fought on Thursday, made up on Friday, but now I'm losing ground. You call me lazy. Think I'm crazy, so why'd you come around? She want my money, but I got my money. This ain't no savings and loans.